0: For the Rams, but you gotta be a little enthusiastic after being there.
1: Bro, that that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Was energy was like good me. I played rock and anyone was there.
0: And a lot of the a lot of the uh super Buck fans were there too, but, uh, Buck, yeah. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE. Ed Donovan. Ed Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear, But we're joined by It Ed looks Donovan. like
1: Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there.
0: <laughs> it does look like he got a little. <laughs> nah, no, my my uh,
1: camera's broke.
0: What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Tampa Tones here on the Bucketeers, alongside my great co-host, A-Cats, alongside my other great co-host, Huncho, and it's a victory show for the Bucks. but we did get some negative Nancy news in terms of Tampa Bay sports a little bit ago. We're going to let Cats open up with that and get his thoughts as he had some good words to share with us pre-show on the status of Tampa sports and the Rays in general. Cats, first off, oh, our brothers. Secondly, sorry for the Rays' loss. I put a little bit of coin on them today. I was expecting big things from them. Yeah. And sad, sadly, it seems like their defense and their bats kind of went a little quiet today.
2: Yeah, it was a rough one. Um, you know, that you don't see, although in the last series, even in Toronto, since things kind of got beat up uh in the infield in terms of losing some guys they were making some errors late in the season unfortunately that carried over today um they had some chances early on to score they uh siri came back from his hand injury he had a broken hand and that might have been a bad decision because he did not have a good day um at the plate he tried to bunt he never tries to bunt even though the first and third bunt play is a, a great play as you know you follow baseball you can't usually stop it if you get the bunt down but it's a little weird for the Rays to do that, to play for one run, or a team that doesn't usually do that. So it made me wonder about his hand injury, and then he had an issue with a fly ball later. So a tough loss for the Rays, for sure. Um, but again, you know, it's a best of three, not a best of one, like it used to be. Um, so they'll have a chance to come back tomorrow with Zach Eppman on the mound, hopefully play a cleaner game, and, you know, uh, hopefully put some runs on the board, of course, and come out with a win and force a winner take all game 3 I'm optimistic that they'll do that. They've been good this year with their backs against the Walls.
0: Yeah, we still got time left to write the ship. I'm not writing the Rays off yet by any means. I think that they're going to have a strong bounce back performance tomorrow. And really all you got to do is win tomorrow. And then you never know what the heck might happen in a win or go home game three. I still think. The Rays out-roster the Rangers. You know, their pitching is better than the Rangers. Only thing that the Rangers probably have up on the Rays right now is the offensive bats a little bit anytime you have Seager and uh, Simeon. But no fault of the Rays. They had some bad luck. The Wander thing happened. As you mentioned, Jose Siri got hurt. Luke rayleigh has been hurt. Uh, the top three pitchers. And Brandon the- Lau. Who- yeah, Brandon Lau now Don't forget well. Brandon
2: Lau who are – yeah, he broke his kneecap fouling a ball off his knee. What are the odds of that, you know? I mean, it's, and our fans, he's not popular amongst Tampa Bay sports fans because of his past playoff struggles, but it's remarkable tones how often players get that label, well, a great player can't perform in the playoffs. But how many times do those players eventually get the opportunity to flip that narrative? And they do flip that narrative. Um, Steven Samkos got that narrative against him at one point. I'd say he turned it around. It's just unfortunate that Brandon... Uh, doesn't get that opportunity right now to do that. But eventually Perseverance will pay off for him and he'll get his opportunity and he'll write that and shut up a lot of these idiots on uh, on local sports radio. Oops, should I have not said that? Oh, well, I said it. So anyway, <laughs>
0: I said it already. I said it. Well, I know this. When you give the Rays opportunities and there are opportunities left, they'll take advantage of him. So I'm holding out hope. Again, it's just a, my thing is cats before we do move on to our bucks talk as Hunch is hunches itching to get to it. I'm just a little more concerned with what that's three straight lackluster offensive post games in a row now. Yeah. For the
2: yeah. It's very, it's disappointing. I mean, last year was to be expected because they were not good all year offensively last year, but that was how the whole season went. This year is a much different story. So It is disappointing, but, you know, I mean, hopefully it can flip around tomorrow because, you know, I thought Glasnow pitched a good game. Uh, I know his line doesn't look pretty. He had to get extra outs, and that's hard for any pitcher, no matter how good you are um see they don't have to put up a huge crooked number but yeah they were not able to and i was hope you know i don't like to ever root for getting a certain opponent but when i saw they wouldn't face the jays they wouldn't face kevin gossman who's a fantastic pitcher i said all right you know what that's a good thing i think he's given up at least a few runs already today so i guess so much for that but that's why i said to someone earlier this week i said you know what let me just keep my mouth shut and not disparage any opponent but yeah i think he's given up at least three now so he might not have given up three to us, though. So you never know.
0: You only know one outcome. Yeah, and I think. Royce Am I right, Lewis, by the way? Yeah, Royce Lewis, yep. yeah,
2: good kid.
0: Yeah. Royce Lewis, I think. Is that got, right?
2: Has he given up three?
0: Yeah, Two, I three think nothing. He's given up, it's three to nothing, and I think Royce Lewis hit a two-run homer to help that cause get to three to nothing. Huncho, we see you in your victory shades. We'll step aside from the base path for a minute and uh, ask you how you're yep. feeling after. Sunday's victory against the saints. That was a big one. And uh, cats and I have poured our emotions of the rays out. now. So we'll let you handle the uh, bucks welcoming uh, victory, brother. Happy victory Tuesday now. But when you have a bye week, you can celebrate it into Tuesday a little bit. Hunch. I'm not sure if you're connecting with us there or whatnot. I can't hear you right now. I think you're muted, brother. Well, we'll see if we could get Hunch figured out. He's muted right now, so we'll see if we could get him back. Cats will ask you how you doing. I know right. with the Rays it was a sad thing, but Cats, how do you feel about that big bucks win? Can you hear me? Uh, that was
2: absolutely fantastic. Uh, I'll let Hunch take over. The future is bright, so Hunch is wearing shades. So, and now we can hear him, so he can show his shades off and talk too. So, <laughs> yeah. Go
3: ahead, Hunch. I heard somebody say, or "Who that?"
2: Not, I'm not
0: sure. Who that? Yeah. Hunch, your little uh, yeah, I, I, something's going on with your internet a little bit, Hunch. I think you're a little delayed um, there. We'll try and get Hunch back here, but Cats, uh, feel free, take it away, brother. Uh, thoughts on week one? We'll get Hunch back when we could.
3: Yeah, or not week well, one. Well, that was an Last outstanding win.
0: Not week one.
2: Right. Well, we finished. We finished the first quarter here. Um, of the season, hard to believe, right? Already four games in, um, as an outstanding performance by the Bucks. Um, I thought, you know, I didn't talk after the Philly game, but I thought, and I said this, I think I said this in the group chat that I felt the way they finished that game. I know the Eagles greened out the rest of the clock after the Bucs. But I said for a young team, it's important no matter what, you know, if you lose, you lose. Obviously you want to finish the game at least somewhat correctly. And they hung in there in that game, and they were totally overmatched from a talent standpoint. I said, all right, you know, you, you'll never admit it, but let's take something from that game. You hung in there again. I said, all right, the Saints are a more appropriate opponent right now, anyway, for this Bucks team. They're a good team, the Saints, but I don't think they're a great team. They're not on the level of the Eagles. They're not on the level of the 49ers. Um, I don't even think they're on the level of the Lions, you know. But they're a good team. We know that they're the favorites. And it was an outstanding performance by the Bucks all around <laughs> offense, defense, even the special teams. You got a big kick from McLaughlin. I thought that Todd Bowles called a great game. I thought Dave Canales self-scouted. Well, do they still use that term? Mm-hmm. Self-scout, use analytics, whatever. <laughs> I thought he called a fantastic game. I thought he mixed it up well. He was well-prepared for Dennis Allen, which is something that I feel like the Bucks have never really been over the years. <laughs> feels like he's been such a thorn in our side. And, yeah, I mean, he mixed up his plays. I mean, if you look at how they came out in that game right away, I think the first play was – was that a play action on, on the first play of the game from scrimmage by us? I think it was to Mike. I think it was. Could be yeah. wrong. But, yeah, I thought Dave called a great game. He mixed it up. And the Saints never really – yeah, the Saints, even when the Bucks didn't score, it felt like they were able to move the football. And there were some plays that might have even been missed. But ultimately – yeah, they, they, I thought they really imposed themselves on the Saints. I mean, you hold a team to under 200 yards of offense, they were able to eventually even run the ball somewhat efficiently. It was a great all-around performance. It was a great team win. really is. I know it sounds like a cliche, but that's what that was. That was a great team win all around.
0: Yeah, and there's a couple of things to bring up now. Is Mike Evans, it says it was a mild hamstring injury, so we do hope to have... Mike back shortly after the bye if not immediately after the bye that would be a blessing because cats as you know Mike and his hamstring injury something that's been you know a not an overcommon theme but it's been brought up in the past and we've seen it before so uh hopefully Evans is ready to roll before we slide to Huncho thoughts on the Evans situation and potentially him escaping a big hamstring scare
2: Well, I think it's ironic because normally I don't like an early bye week usually. Um, I I normally hate that. But for this particular scenario with Mike's situation, like you mentioned, and still some other guys dinged up, I think it it came at the right time for him. Yeah, he has had some issues with his hamstrings. Um, I don't doubt that he does the best he can to stay as hydrated as possible in this Florida heat. But sometimes they... And that, I think, often they say leads to hamstring injuries, I think, if you're not hydrated well enough. I, I don't know exactly the science behind that. I guarantee you he does all he can to stay hydrated. It's just something that happens when a guy is a long strider with, you know, long legs like that. But, yeah, like I said, the bye week comes at the right time. Uh, you're going to need him against the Lions, who I think are, again, a step above the Saints, maybe a little below the Eagles. Mm-hmm. But they're they a step above the Saints. Um but a great job also by the Bucs in that second half coming out and putting points on the board without Mike, being able to move the football effectively. Just a great job around by Devin Tompkins particularly. They got Godwin involved continuously. You know, it's a lot easier to defend an offense when you're missing Mike. But the Bucks still were able to move the football. And, and that, again, goes a lot of that goes to play calling. A lot of credit to Rashad White, I thought, had a, maybe his best game of the season mm-hmm. uh, in this particular one. And that was encouraging because, you know, he had a couple catches out of the backfield. He made some men miss. And eventually, you know, I I thought that was very encouraging to take away because it's been a struggle. But like I mentioned, you know, Canales didn't say, all right, we need to run the ball. So I'm just going to hand the ball off and hand it off and hope we can, you know, eventually get something to work. He mixed his plays up well. He understands how to sequence plays. They have a plan. They stick to it. The Philly game was tough. For him, he'll say that. Um, but again, it's hard when you when you're just overmatched from a talent standpoint. There's only so much you could do. Um, but again, I thought in this game he made a lot of adjustments, and I agree. you saw it really show through on the scoreboard.
0: I agree. And cat's another cool thing about this game is J.C. Allen from GameDay SI is saying, "Sup, fellas! Christopher, checking in. Stepen, and Pepin, and Olivia, all checking in." I thought a cool thing about this game was. The first drive of the game, nine plays, the Bucs had eight different people touch the ball on the Bucs' first touchdown drive. That is 17 plays, 87 yards, eight different people touch the ball, including Vaughn, Godwin, Tompkins, Evans, Jarrett, Baker, Mayfield, Rashad White, and KDOT. And pretty incredible to see the ball movement right there. And that's something we didn't get a lot last year. It felt like a lot of two yards and a bag of chips at the end of the day. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt the same cats or Huncho. I don't know if we have you back, but if you are here, any thoughts on that Huncho, the ball movement, eight guys, one drive. You got to love it. I think we just lost hunch for, I'm, I'm just going to take him out for now until I hear otherwise from him. Not really sure what's going on with him, but cats, eight guys, one drive. It's incredible. Really incredible and something we're not accustomed to. Uh, well, we weren't accustomed to at Lefwich, but as you said, Canalis mixes it up. The play calling's been nice. And it's not like those were vanilla touches either, right? We've seen wide receiver reverses. We've seen um, wide receiver carries. And then obviously not on that drive, but we've seen Godwin try and throw a pass even. So pretty refreshing stuff to me <laughs> in terms of play calling. good. Yeah, it's
2: hard to put together a 17-play touchdown drive. You know, maybe teams when you late in the game, you can do that if, usually. But, oh, yeah, you they, you know, Baker made plays with his feet to extend plays when he needed to. He had a pretty clean pocket, I thought, most of this game. I didn't. Did you hear Cam Jordan's name mentioned other than when he cheap shot at him after a, play, a touchdown pass? I didn't hear Cam Jordan's name other than during the week when he was talking. I didn't hear the stat compiler's name. I didn't, name.
0: Hear, him um, but, I didn't <laughs> hear him at all. I didn't hear him at all.
2: No, he took a ride on Malkadecki. Um, I hope you enjoyed the ride. Enjoy your tickets. He had to be a certain height to ride, tall enough to ride the ride. So lucky for him for that. Um, just a big fucking mouth. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> certain <laughs> players just off. And there's certain players you just love to beat. And he's just one of, in all sports, of course. And he's one of those guys. He's on my list of guys. He just loved to shut up because he never does shut up. I'm sure he's a good guy in reality, but when it comes to this, and uh, I'm going to go off script for a second here, and I'm, I don't know how many people are listening, you know, something that I, I hear come up a lot of times when the Bucks play the Saints, and it, a lot of it comes from his mouth, is, well, this is not the rivalry. The rivalry is Atlanta. Just to, as someone who's a bit older, as I am, the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints have been in the same division since 1967, so the Bucs were in another division for longer currently than they have been in this one since 2001 mm-hmm. so you're not going to develop the same rivalry as two teams that were in the same division for if my math is right that's 56 years i think that's mm-hmm. it you know it's just such a stupid talking point i don't give a frog's fat ass who thinks we're their rival or not as long as we're winning man that's fine if they don't think we're their rival fine i don't care I, I hated, I grew up hating Green Bay and Chicago more than anybody. I, no offense to the city. I love the city of Chicago. I don't like the team. But oh, I hear you on that. Um, I hear you on that. Yeah, their fans are obnoxious. They always took over the stadium, you know. So I grew up hating those two teams. You know, I've kind of met weather, you know, mellowed out a little towards them. But, yeah, all that talk is so silly to me. But, hey, they don't consider us. We, their non-rival, punched them in the mouth on Sunday on both sides of the ball. That's the bottom line. That's why we walked out. That's why they all they could manage was nine stinking points. So congratulations to Cam Jordan. Maybe you'll do better against your real rival whenever you face them.
0: <laughs> and Hunch, me and Katz were kind of just talking about okay, uh, Cam Jordan being on a milk carton. Yeah, we could hear you. Cam Jordan being on a milk carton and uh, – Really just his non-existence, non-involvement for as big of a game he talks. He didn't perform out there outside of what Kat said. You heard his name once when he tried to cheap shot Baker and really take out Baker. And Same went for Lattimore. You really didn't hear his name in good faith too much. Only time you heard it was when he got that P.I. diving at Evan's ankles. Between those two trash talkers, Huncho, it really wasn't a successful day for those New Orleans Saints.
3: Yeah, um, I was just trying to see. Uh I'm still here or can you guys hear me? Yep,
0: yeah, we can hear you, you're still there, brother. Okay, okay, man. My internet, man, it's fucking kicking my ass today.
3: But um, I want to just start off by saying fuck the Saints. We that, if y'all didn't know that. And um I don't care what they say about the rivalries, we all know what it is. It, it we don't have to have a rivalry against y'all. We own y'all now, you know what I'm saying? we beat y'all ass now I mean I don't know why y'all still thought we wouldn't be good without Brady I mean we got a better quarterback y'all have an old quarterback that's threw us an interception that we already everybody knew that he was going to throw the interception I'm just so uh so whatever call it a rival y'all probably have better luck against the Falcons like cat said you know what I'm saying because obviously we're, we're too good for y'all because nine nine points is crazy when you're going to help in a division That is crazy, man, and um, I'm just excited. I love everything about it. The offense, I could you could tell when uh, Dave Canales got in his groove, how he went doing a lot of motions and um, just getting the guys' eyes to wonder and look. That was that was awesome. That was phenomenal. Kept seeing Thomas run back, Tompkins run back and forth. That was great. And also when you have Mike going on, I seen him slide over. uh, Also Cam Jordan. Luke Gadecki just handled him majority of the game, like it was just crazy the way he was handling him. Um, Alvin Kamara, he was held to, I believe, 37 yard receiving yards, and that was like unheard of. And, um, far as uh, what's the guy's name? I don't even, the wide receiver, um, Alave, he had Thomas, like, what, like eight, the slap dude, between four to eight yards. <laughs> the uh, no, Alave for the Saints. A- they Alave. Both didn't do oh, Alave. Crown. I was and saying Alave. slam
0: Michael Alave. Thomas. Alave, between, okay. Between Thomas and Alave, both. Oh, Alave, Alave at least does at least Alave does yeah. Exactly. yeah.
1: exactly.
0: Alave doesn't show, Alave to seems like to be a decent guy. Yeah, he does. Not like Michael Thomas is the godfather checking in. Hello, men. Godfather is in the house. I think in the house yeah. we got Stunna as well. Stana, can you hear us? How the hell you doing, brother? And a long time, no talk.
1: Uh, Everything's great, man. Every day, every day is awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, it's hard to find time in the day, brother. But, uh, you know, just excited. It's a fuck the Saints Tuesday. And uh, we're just excited that we beat them scumbags.
0: Are you going to be at the Bucks Lions game coming out of the bye week? Do you know yet? Or uh, is that still up in the year?
1: It's a one o'clock start, so most likely. But you know how the up north fans travel. It and back in the day when a, we,
0: it did shift to a three twenty five. Now just, an, it just oh really okay.
1: Up. Um, you know with the, the Detroit Detroit travels, man. You know they have a big fan base, and you know everybody looks at Florida like it's a vacation. So whenever the up north teams play down here, they're always going to pack our stadium and travel well. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's for sure. If you look at ticket pricing alone, you would realize that Philadelphia, Detroit, and the likes of those tickets. The Lions are, more- are good this year. So. Exactly. And that's our creamsicle showdown, so those tickets are more expensive. Huncho, myself, and my buddy just secured tickets to Bucks Falcon, so we'll be in the house there. Now we're going to just go around a little bit and say, um, you know, what we're excited about being three-in-one. And what makes us nervous still although we are three and one um, I'll start here I'm excited about our ceiling we haven't been playing great football to me and we're three and one and I, I think we've been playing good football don't get me wrong but we could be playing better by that I mean our run game could improve our health could improve and um, you know a couple other things could improve right uh, we've had a couple drops throughout so for is playing is quote unquote unfundamental as we had and we are three and one and trust me there have been great signs we could even be that much better so I think it's good that we're three and one without playing our best brand of football right if we were clicking on all cylinders right now if we were three and one right now but um we weren't playing our best brand of football it'd be um you know what we are now so that's my one takeaway is that and Eric Moreno is saying, hey, could I come on? You're welcome on any time, brother. Feel free to hop on, hit us up, and we'll get you on here, Mr. Eric Moreno, member of the Bucks community. Please. Mr. Pless, Dr. Pless, hello, my friends. Hello, Dr. Pless of Real Bucks Talk. An honor to have you drop by the chat as well. But I guess one thing that um, I'm not worried about, one thing that's impressed me is that we haven't played our best brand of football And we are three and one. One thing that's concerning to me is the lack of depth in the running game. If something happens with Rashad White, we're severely handcuffed, right? And um, even Rashad White, a couple games this year, didn't look too sharp. But God forbid he goes down. And next thing you know, um, we're really fumbling the bag. We're really bumbling along the way because then we'd have Keyshawn Vaughn and, you know, the likes of uh, Sean Tucker. And an injured Chase Edmonds at the moment as well. So he's not available. We do have Pat Laird on the practice squad. But long story short, our running game isn't stable enough right now to sustain a big injury. So one thing I'm happy with is uh, us being 3-1, and one not playing our best brand of ball. And one thing that concerns me a little bit is our run game. Huncho will go over to you. And Mr. Eric, um, join the next one, brother. I... I'd, we only ha- we have limited time in this one, and there's already a pack house, or else I'd have you jump on, brother. But hit me up anytime. Uh, yep, he's saying he's going back into work, anyways. Yeah. So the pod only has about 15 to 20 minutes left, anyways. But Hunch, one thing that um, impresses you so far this year, and one thing that scares you a little bit through our three and one start.
3: Uh, one thing that I'm impressed with is that we're
0: winning while we're learning.
3: You know, like you said, we we haven't reached our ceiling yet so i'm just excited for that and i'm I'm excited to have a, a a young play caller like dave canales that can um actually uh see where he's he's going wrong and he actually has logic behind what he does or he doesn't mind sharing it you know unlike other coordinators that were here in the past you get what i'm saying so i mean i just like his theory and he always gives you an open mind of what he's trying to think without giving you everything you know and um, I just like that. Um, it keeps me in hope that this offense can just uh, get better as we go. Right now, we're just seeing the; the it's more like a practice right now. And um, it's more like repetition when it comes to Rashard White, finding out what holds the head and um, what, what to do when these certain type of looks when you have it. So once you see it again, you know what to look for and those type of things. You're getting better uh, continuity with Baker Mayfield and um, – Chris Godwin and what they like and what the tendencies to, to help them excel. And um I'm just looking forward to that. What I uh what I'm not what I'm not too happy about, but I can't even say that because I'm happy this week because we we have a bye week and just like cat alluded to about the uh offense, you know, we get some key players back, you know, even though it's an early bye week that fell into our favor because we can get some key guys to get back. You know, if we have at least two weeks, I, I kind of look at it like two weeks to uh, heal up and rest when you got Mike Evans with a uh, – what it was just a strain. So it's not too bad. And if you all know, Mike Evans and those hamstrings are like wet toilet paper, man. Uh, it, yeah, as we talked – me and Katz were talking about
0: that yeah. earlier, Evans and his hamstring and how reoccurring it is, plus brings up a good point, Hunch. The factor to watch is if the defense – can rush with four consistently once Canty gets back that's what I'm looking forward to I think that's a big key to watch for sure for real for real you gotta you gotta get you gotta
3: we gotta generate a four-man pass rush because keep blitzing on every down we like the top what three uh we're the number three uh I think rushing and I mean blitzing team in the league or something like that so I mean if we don't have that many sacks we're I think we're ninth in sacks or something like that so we just got to get better around all around the board when it comes just to four man rushes instead of just just blitzing crazy and and we're high in pressures we get a lot of pressures but imagine if those pressures were sacks you get what i'm saying so we'll just be moving up a little better so i mean i just look forward to to this defense growing and getting better we get Jamel dean back get those guys healthy that that can contribute the young guys Zion McCullen, you know my guy um these these guys d delaney even looking looking phenomenal now i don't know what he he's just looking good this year um a lot of guys that I'm, I'm i'm ready to get like more excited about and um yeah that's what i'm looking forward to
0: yeah and i think you brought up some great points as plus brings up another good one offensively just needs to learn run game flow and when to run the ball right. i agree with you there right. Um, you know we, I, need, I think we could figure out a better way to get Rashad White a couple more touches. Not Again, not that he's been the greatest thing since sliced bread. I want to see Bradley. him in his face, Toms. Yeah, exactly. And compared to Vaughn and Tucker, I mean, they've been two yards in a cloud of dust, right? I think Tucker could still have time to grow as a runner. And I will say Keyshawn Vaughn's first couple of runs were refreshing because at uh-huh. least he put his head down and tried to stay in between the hashes and get some tough yards. But, yeah, I think as soon as we learn the run game flow a little bit and when to run the ball, yeah. I think they will cause improvements here, and uh, the run game's oh so essential, and it hasn't been one of our better friends yet besides Rashad White against the Bears and um, a couple of plays last week against the Saints as well. We'll go to Stunna next before we end with Cats. Stunna, one thing that you've been happy with to this point at 3-1 and one and uh, one thing you think the Bucks could get better at or something that's frustrated you so far at this point of the year?
1: I've been I've been happy about our team defense and our scoring defense, and then uh, and I've also been happy with uh, Mike Evans' performance. And I'm a little worried because against Philly, our defense had a letdown uh, when they saw the offense couldn't score and they kind of you know gave up at the end. And that was reminiscent of last season. So I want our team to continue to play hard. You know, honor your part of the field, no matter how the offense looks. The defense got to play buck ball. And I've been happy to see that so far. And I'm also happy to see that uh, Todd Bowles is winning because, you know, I'm a Todd Bowles supporter and I want to see him do well in Tampa.
0: Yeah, Stunna, you were actually an advocate of Coach Todd Bowles coming here the year we got Bruce Arians, I believe it was. And again, Arians didn't always seem like that's correct. He didn't seem like a possibility for a while because he was retired and then. Stunna, uh Bowles has been impressive so far to me. I, I have no complaints with Bowles, and uh, I think you foreshadowed something pretty good with Todd Bowles there, Stunna. As Stunna may have... Uh, I'm beat- here, I'm here. Thank,
1: Thank you, sir. I, I definitely appreciate that. And, and, I, and you know, we're all Bucks fans. We're all excited about the, the season we're having. And, uh, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to the next time you're in town. I'm going to give you some memorabilia you could give out on the show, you know, the call-ins or something.
0: That's incredible. We do love you, Coach Stunno, and we're glad we have you here on this one. And uh we know you're a busy guy in the fall, so always a good time with Stunna joining the show. Kat, one thing you're happy about, one thing you think we could improve upon, although we are three and one, brother, in the top of the south. The
2: fact that you're three and one and yeah, you certainly haven't, you know, you can't say you played your best football. The only team I look at and think, wow, they've been just incredible. I think the 49ers looked absolutely as good as you could look, but I don't know if anyone else will say, yeah, we played our best football. Um, yeah. The, I think, you know, like we talked about, I think Canales is learning as a play caller. He's kind of learning on the fly. He's never done this before. Uh, the Philly game I think was a learning experience for him. And you saw, you know, again, how he bounced back with this last game, something that I've been very pleased about. Um, I really liked the play of two guys on defense that I might not have, we might not have expected from, uh, Greg Gaines, I think has looked very good, um, mm-hmm. to me. I think that's become a, been a great signing so far. Um, and I think Zion McCollum has taken a big step forward this year. I really do. I've, you know, last season was rough. Um, looked very, looked rough, but he looked like a rookie last year. This year, you know, Dean gets hurt. He's come in Dean. I know had his struggles while he was healthy, um, McCollum's impressed me and having Carlton Davis back for this previous game was huge. I'm not saying we would have lost it without him, but we don't know. Um, not having him against Philly certainly did not help. Um, cause look, that's your lockdown corner, man. I mean, it's, you know, we're not a team that like, for example, I guess Buffalo, I know Tredavious white, I think is done for the year, which is a terrible blow for them. Um, but I know they've got a ton of depth and they can probably start filtering guys in and rotating them in and they'll probably be fine. For us, you know, that's not a knock on anyone. We just, you know, that's just how it is with our roster. I mean, Dee Delaney's done a nice job, you know, hope to get Jamel, Jamel Dean back. But, yeah, having Carlton Davis back in the lineup made a huge difference. Because, again, I didn't hear Slant Boy's name much at all. He had a couple <laughs> catches, no, no big deal, <laughs> really. Nothing nothing that really, you know, made change the game. But, yeah, those yeah. two guys, Colum and uh, Greg Gaines, have both caught my eye defensively.
3: Yeah. He only got that catch. You remember when the the play broke down and um, I believe uh, Derek Carr was scrambling and he, like that was one of his big catches right there when he caught the ball when it it was like a scramble drill. But other than that, he was pretty locked up.
2: Yeah, he came back to the ball on an extended play, and but yeah, there wasn't much. She wasn't heard from very much in that game other than complaining uh, about his own quarterback, just like their fans were complaining about that game, which was enjoyable to
0: see. You love hearing the booze there. It's crazy. KB makes a funny one. Wait, but I thought the Bucs couldn't beat the Saints. The defense is just too good for a non-Byron-led offense, I hear. And uh, really, to me, the Saints' biggest hindrance, and I mean, it's been a couple things, right? The Saints have kicked the crap out of the cap down the road forever now. And yeah, they can get away with it. But when you start signing over-the-hill guys to these big contracts like they did with Derek Carr, like they did with Honey Badger, like they did with Cam Jordan, it will, it will hinder the crap out of you in the long run. And now that's what you're seeing with the Saints. You're seeing their depth is lacking. Um, their head coaching – their coaching staff is lacking. Dennis Allen is yeah. a terrible head coach. I'll be the first to say that. He's a hell of a defensive guru, and he's a great defensive coordinator. But Dennis Allen is a terrible head coach. He proved that yeah. in Oakland. When he was there, he did terrible in Oakland, really. <laughs> did a number on the Raiders, and now with the Saints, you see him time and time again continuing to make the wrong decisions, he makes the wrong calls, and he goes about things the wrong way. Now, I will say this, as Plus says, it was nice seeing wide receivers separate and get open against a man defense, and the Saints scheming, players open, what a concept, right? Like, Byron last year didn't scheme. He just thought that Evans and Godwin should go out there and win their battles, and Although you expect that with guys like Godwin and Evans, if you don't scheme plays for them, if you don't get them open, uh, you know, they're not going to get open all the time. And I think we only really seen that last year, second to last game of the season when Mike finally broke out. Yeah, Byron called a decent game then, but other than that, it was heavily hindering us all season. And real quick before we move on, I'll say this. Our wide receiver and cornerback, I think, uh, Katz, you made a great point with Carlton Davis. Since he did return, Um, I think he's incredible. And our wide receivers do remind me of our corners and the fact of the matter of this. We have Godwin and Evans. We have Dean and Davis, right? Mm-hmm. Behind those two, it does get a little thin. But we're creating ball players on both sides of the football. I think Katz hit the nail on the head with – Zion McCollum being improved a lot this year, and that's because of opportunities that he has gotten over the past couple of years. If you remember, Jamel Dean wasn't built in a lab overnight, right? He had a terrible first start against Seattle where he got blown to smithereens and people written him off. Last year, Zion got off to a slow start. Devin Tompkins didn't do anything last season. Um, You look at Trey Palmer, and a lot of people said, sixth six-round wide receiver. He can't be the guy. And a lot of people said Rakeem Jarrett can't have his hand in the pot either being an undrafted free agent. We're building up depth, both wide receivers and DBs. We have the big two. We have D- Dean and uh, Davis, and then we got Evans and Godwin. But the things that the Bucs are doing to build depth behind them is really a beautiful thing. And that's what has been awesome to see is Kenny Barrett says the Saints' biggest downfall was signing Carr, not because he's terrible, but after compounding, blah, 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 um, we are doing the rebuild. Yes, we are, KB. We're doing the rebuild, yeah. rebuild the right way. We're not buying dumb free agents. We're signing nice pieces. Like Ryan Neal, although he hasn't played great, it's not going to kill you if he doesn't play great because we gave him only one year and one million. So, right. you know, when a guy like I want to add this, too.
2: Yeah, go I, ahead. I, let me add. Sorry to cut you off. I totally forgot to mention how good Izzy has been as well. Christian right. Izzy um, was he undrafted? I think he, he was undrafted, yep. correct? I believe undrafted, he went to school. His knows Todd Bulls' son. They were scouting Miss Bowles' son, and they picked up on Christian Izzy. And fun fact, I'm just going to segue for a minute. You know, the Bucks were scouting Johnny Football, and that's when they realized that Mike Evans was the real reason. So they picked Mike, that he was so good, so they picked Mike Evans. Um, yeah, Jason Light has always, yeah. uh, to me... When it's come to his drafts, it's no secret, and I'm not gonna knock. I'm gonna knock him for a minute here, and then I'm gonna praise him. When it's come to drafting running backs, he's been, you know, it's not been good. But when it's come to drafting receivers or signing undrafted receivers, and it's come to defensive backs, Jason Light has a very good track record with both of those. He has come up with a ton of of great uh, moves at those particular positions. And that's just how it is. That's not all on the GM, by the way. I mean, a lot of that goes into the scouting department and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Some teams draft certain and find, you know, you know, gems at certain positions, and others they just uh, cannot, you know, it doesn't happen. Um, and, and that is nice of Greg Schiano to do it. So I like Greg. I like Greg a little more than most people. I like um,
0: Greg a lot. I'll, I'll be the first to say. I, Cats, yeah. I'm with you. I like Shiano. I'm a Shiano guy. I mean, I – I kind of laugh
2: at a lot. You know, some of the things he did were a little ridiculous. Some of them make you laugh. Like him yelling. This is a known fact that he yelled at the chef at one buck place saying that the meatballs were not big enough. Um, That's a true story. It's not an urban legend. But in hindsight now, looking back, it's kind of hilarious, really. I mean, there's no real harm in that, you know. So what? Big deal. Whatever. Funny story, my opinion now. And he's a smart I thought he was a good evaluator of talent, more or less. Not perfect. But, yeah, that is interesting. I forgot about his connection there with Christian Isian. So, thank you, Greg. It's been a while. Hope you're doing well as well.
0: Yeah.
2: a quality tackle. Ah, good point, Ken. That's interesting. I don't know if he's done that or not.
0: (laughs) Ken says, um, I just need Light to take a shot on a backup quality tackle to develop. Yeah, not a bad point. We really haven't. Seen you know the backups but um or the tackles but Gadecki is going to um you know blossom into quite the tackle and at least we got worse but I'll say this um we've had friend of the show Anthony Gator on several times and Anthony Gator is very familiar with Greg Schiano is obviously that's who drafted Anthony Gator here in Tampa and Gator says to this day Greg Schiano has probably been his favorite coach to play for and his most respectful um, coach figure to play for. Shiano still reaches out to Gator to date. He actually texted Gator advice uh, being the Florida internationals edge <laughs> rushing coach. I mean, as Kenny alluded to, um, you know, over dirt cutter, um, you know, Shiano <laughs> is better than cutter. Shiano is better than love you. Smith. It could have yeah. got a lot worse. Than yeah. Greg Ciano. is plus. Hopefully, we can trade Logan Hall for a ham sandwich soon. Speaking Logan, of him, Logan Hall
3: actually, he's he's actually improved. I think he had a one of his better games last game. I think he actually did a little better. Like I'm not gonna say he was great, but he he did a little better. And I think he's like in the same lines as I am. A colon like he. I think he needs more reps to to get better and and go against you know ta- uh go against talent like that so he can um. Get more repetitions. One thing about Todd Bowles and I can say about his defense, the most most of the time who we draft or who we add to the team, they all improve, whether it's you got your Jordan whitehead, you know, you got your uh, Mike Edwards. You have certain guys Dean to a second contract. Carlton Davis to a second contract. Now you got Winfield coming in. Now you got Izzy. And now, now I just say Todd Bowles and his defense. Uh, he he know how because we went through a stretch where we couldn't develop guys on defense. Remember, we couldn't develop yeah. guys. We had the savvy Piscatellis. We had uh, pff, uh, the Corey Lynch's. Corey, a lot of bad guys that weren't just getting it. Uh, EJ
0: anymore. Biggers, Myron oh my Lewis, gosh, Albert you know, Mack. Hey. I'm getting yeah. Barrett man. Rude.
2: Although I kind of liked Barrett Rude, he actually wasn't yeah, terrible. Yeah,
3: he was until he started getting drug all through the field. Like,
2: yeah, he was good. Yeah, he, he wasn't. I blame. Lead. I blame Justin Palowski for any struggles Barrett Rude had. Uh, that's mm. you know, I you know. That, oh, did I just say that? Yes, I did say it. That <laughs> fucking prick. Excuse me. Not not mm. Barrett Rude. The, the Palowski the prick just wouldn't shut up about barrett rude and how awful he was i think rude was eventually a little spooked by it i would be too given that just well never mind we won't go there. I,
3: I know where you're going Cass. I know um, you're going um, to
2: but yeah you're right
3: what
2: you know I, I just say whatever you know but yeah no your overarching point is correct um plus let me ask you if you don't mind with logan hall because i know it's been a rough first year plus here is that – how much latitude, though, do you give him? Because how many games has Logan Hall actually played now? Does anybody – what is the number? Are we even up to 16 now? I feel like he hasn't even played that
0: many.
3: Probably like four. I mean, three. it's like a Lo- third game.
0: Logan Hall, he well, played – last year. He played last year, but um, I don't think he's seen over 50% of snaps in any game last year. I think he was His bottoming out around but, the 20 to yeah. 35% mark in games last year. Um, he's got hurt. I think he came in when Hicks was hurt for that little stretching.
2: Oh, that's right. Okay, so I feel like, you know, and I, I know it's been underwhelming so far, Logan. I understand that. I just feel like, uh, you know, maybe give him some more, see how more latitude and revisit at the end of the uh, season.
3: Maybe what can see. I want to see a little, I wanna, a little uh, different, yes. you know. Just and it would so. be nice to
2: have him back against the Lions team that is um, – uh, a Lions team that is a lot more difficult, I believe, an offense that is much more ran a lot more fluidly than what we saw from New Orleans. I think they have a very good—I don't know who their offensive coordinator is. I don't know if Campbell calls the plays up there or not, but they're well, well-run well offense. Hard um, and it's hard, yeah, and it's hard against an offense like that. I think their offensive line is very tough very to try tough. and consistently, yeah. Be blitzing and and winning, you know, because their receivers will beat you if you do that. So you'd love to have Canty back and be able to get some more pressure with your front four, um, yeah, kind of uh, knock off the spot because they look really good. And the little bit I've seen of the Lions, that they look as good now as they did at the end of last year, maybe better. So, but obviously that's something for two weeks from now. But it's a matchup I'm looking forward to. I am. I'll be. I'm probably going to be at that game. And I, I'm looking forward to it. You know, Lions fans are
0: annoying, but they're not as bad as Philly fans or Chicago or you'll be in your Thursday. creamsicle gear, I imagine. Then you'll be seeing the creamsicle. Kick-off. I
2: will be wearing yes, I my Eric Drett jersey from when I was twelve still fits me. It's a little <laughs> snug, but it still fits me. Um so Eric Drett, well, former Gator running back and former Buck running back. Um so yeah, I'll put that on and I'll put my Shark Tooth uh uh, buck cap on for that. I had the one Sam Weish, may he rest in peace, used to wear back in the day. And we'll see how I look and we'll see how the Bucks do. <laughs> I, I do <laughs> number agree. Number 32,
0: Eric Rhett. Eric Rhett, legendary buck, number 32. Um, you know, one of the best in the business back in the day for the Bucks. He was a fan favorite then, still is to date. So that's a great jersey. You have some Kat. good look, Cass. I do think plus, I brings up, I, I think plus brings up a good point. He hopes that Hall develops, but he's just disappointed where they picked him. It did feel like – Yeah, I feel the same way. It felt like yeah. we you know, were married to Logan Hall last year, right? For whatever reason, it felt like the week before the draft, we were just going to pick Logan Hall. The, the rumors started heating up. It said uh, really in the – it was really the UConn D lineman or Logan Hall a lot of the time. And I don't think his interest was too high, Logan Hall, because the Bucks obviously moved out of the first round for a reason – knowing they could probably get Logan in the second round because he was their guy. So a lot of people probably didn't see the intrigue in Logan Hall. I'll tell you this. I have his game-worn jersey hanging on my wall right now. I hope this man turns it around. I'm a Logan Hall guy. I've been disappointed what we've seen from him. But last game, hopefully a minor step in a direction that needs a lot of big steps. So Mm -hmm. we'll see if he can pull it together. I do think Kansi... Vita Veya, going to be disgusting when those two are next to each other. Great, stay healthy. And I will say this, Ben Johnson, Lions offensive coordinator, um, he, he's a dangerous guy, so you got to watch out for the Lions offense. I wouldn't be shocked if Ben Johnson is the next head coach of the Chicago Bears. We just got to go Bears. sign
1: dominic Dominican again. You're
0: you you love you still on the Sioux strain, uh, train, Stunna, and while I have you here, Stunna, what are your thoughts for the Bucks' bye week? You think they do make any moves? Is uh, that's what the next question is? You think there will be any bye week buzz in Tampa?
1: I would love for them to go after Jonathan Taylor or get a running back in here, but you know we we're not really that active in the in the during the season in the past, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, the couple of things I remember mid season, most notable was um, signing Antonio Brown. A couple of years back, I remember when that happened midseason. I was like, what the hell? Did we really just sign <laughs> the great AB? And then, um, obviously we've seen how that turned out. But, Cats, will go to you. Anything to look forward on the bye week? You think the Bucks make any moves? You think any news happens or, you know, anything at all in Tampa? What are you looking out for during the week five early bye?
2: Yeah, I don't see them making any moves either. Now, the deadline is not for a few, um, when is it? Week I don't know what, what week the um, trade deadline is. It's gotta be I later than week five, week right? Seven.
0: I think week, week seven. seven.
2: I think it might depend where they're sitting in week seven. I think I don't think they'll do anything now, but let's just say someone say something happens or Shad White gets hurt, I don't want that to happen, and they feel the need to acquire a running back. Maybe they do that. Um, but as of right now, I don't see them making any any trade acquisitions at this
0: time. And plus brings up a good point in saying um, Jamison Williams is going to be back. So I know a lot of people look at it like this. A lot of people were crying that Kamara was coming back. I actually don't mind Jamison Williams coming back for that game for the same reason I didn't mind Kamara coming back. Because these guys haven't played football in a while now, right? Jamison Williams will be out five to six weeks. By the time he gets back, it's going to take him at least a half to three quarters to get back into football shape. So Lions offense has been looking really good and nifty. And obviously Jamison Williams will pay dividends down the road, but it might take him a game or two to get back into football shape. Now, with that being said, could he torch us? Could he go off? Absolutely sure. But when it's all said and done, you look around the league a lot of the time and even weeks one and two in modern day football, you're seeing a lot of good veterans um, and plus Thank you. Plus October 31st is the trade deadline. So after week eight, mm. I think it might've used to be week seven when there were, um, you know, 16 games, but I think now it did get moved back to week eight. So thank you. Plus Christopher Cole says we can't afford to sign anyone at the moment. Sure. You can, um, would it be the wise thing to do? Maybe not, but we know what Mike Greenberg and Jason light. If you really wanted to play cap saber metrics, cap gymnastics, you can make it happen, and you could probably bring somebody in. Again, is it ideal? No. Would you have to kick more cap down the road? No. So, again, probably um, not going to be making any not big Jonathan moves. Taylor. Yep, we're not going to be making any big moves, that's for sure. Jason Light has admitted several times now we're going to be dollar store shopping. But, guys, before we get to our one big things and walk-offs here in a little bit, we're going to just have a creamsicle little round table and um, mention any of your favorite moments that you could remember when the Bucks were wearing their creamsicle uniforms could be modern day could be old days. And I guess I'll start when Freeman was a rookie As plus alluded to earlier, you know, hard when uh, your rookie ends up tailing off and getting into some trouble like Freeman did a couple of years down the road. But when he was a rookie, the hype was there out of Kansas state. And I'll never forget The day we wore our creamsicles that day against the Green Bay Packers, I want to say we ended up getting a W in our creamsicle unit. Yeah, that was
1: Coach Rawls' rookie year. I was at that game.
0: Yep, exactly. Stunna, you know it best. And, uh, you know, I know we've had a lot of great moments in the creamsicles from back in the day, but a little bit more of a modern moment. That's my favorite creamsicle moment when we upset the Packers, Josh Freeman's rookie year in the creamsicles. I couldn't believe it. A lot of people couldn't believe it. Pops from Twitter as a interesting, funny comment. Remember Peter King on the right or Peter King Sports Illustrated? He predicted us 31st at the beginning of the year. Now that coward, I'm gonna I'm gonna reframe. Never mind. I take back the coward. I'm not gonna call people names here, but now that clown, I should say. <laughs> Again, I, I shouldn't say clown. I'm calling him names here. Go ahead.
2: Call him that. I, I call people names all the time. Do it, Tones. Do it Peter for me. Peter King,
0: <laughs> that very, very um, nice guy. No, he's an asshole. And he predicted us 31st. And his reasoning was Tom Brady's gone. Tom Brady hindered us just as much as he helped us last year, Peter King. Tom Brady was going through a divorce. Tom Brady was going through crypto bankruptcies, which was obviously distracting him because we found out he lost $46 million. And I don't want to hear, Oh, he has a lot of money. Who cares? 46 million freaking dollars going through a divorce. And your reasoning that the bucks are going to suck this year is Tom Brady left. Are you rude? Are you stupid? Are you just dumb? Or are you a little bit of both? Because clearly you didn't do, yeah. uh, Option D all of the above. Clearly you didn't do your homework. And research a Bucks team, you just did what the rest of the national media did. Uh-huh. You heard Tom Brady is on his way out, and you hopped off with Tom Brady like a real asshat. Well, guess what? Tom Brady's comebacks last year in the games we won because of Brady were against the likes of the Cardinals, the Saints, and a bunch of other bad teams that we came back on. So, yes, we obviously had a lot of fourth quarter wins. I, I want to say three or four last year because of Brady, but... Because of Brady, and I I won't lie, it's not all his fault because Donovan Smith couldn't block a highway freight train. Um, You know, Brady was making business decisions, throwing a lot of footballs in the ground. Again, maybe not his fault because you had Donovan Smith and Byron Lefwich. And as Plus says, mind-boggling national media picking Falcons and Panthers to win the division I just laughed. So that'll be my thing to watch during the bye week, how the national media changes their narrative on us Not necessarily if we're going to add on to people, not necessarily if we're going to make any trades or whatnot. I I think my thing to watch during the bye week is to see how the national media flips the script. And they've already started to do that with Peter King and Huncho. I'm going to be quite honest with you, Kat, Stunna, and anyone else listening. And then you could take off Huncho before I have a heart attack. I don't want these people on our side now. I don't want Peter King picking to win us the division, and quite frankly, I don't want his input. I don't even want to hear it. It's going in one ear, out the other, and um, yep, like plus said, they already did start changing by the Lions' time changing. Hunch, take it away. I think it's uh, hilarious that the media wrote us off just, just to, because Tom Brady was out of the building. Just to tell off of what you said, man. I just, I just feel like they
3: with the Brady situation. And as you can see with, with Baker and how he plays, like we know Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback ever. We already know he, he's, he came here. He gave us a championship last year. It wasn't the best version of Tom Brady, but the things that Baker Mayfield is doing, extending plays, the mobility is much needed when you, when it breaks down and it's, you, you have a different team now that you have Baker making those plays, which Tom Brady couldn't do, you know, and, and and he's extending plays, moving around in the pocket, running for first downs, chunking the ball on the run. He's he's uh catch the the uh touchdown by um fucking tight end. Wow, my mind just. Kai, Kai, and the touchdown to him, like just a. Sh- I mean, in his toughness, man. I mean, I respect Baker so much. I mean, I believe in him just like I believe in Tom Brady. Yes, Tom Brady gave you that for sure factor, like, okay, with his aura and what he comes in, and you know his playoffs when you get Tom Brady. Baker Mayfield has that dog in him also, man. He has the fight, the resilience. He, he just doesn't give up on plays. He, he's he's gra- galvanizing the team around him. And I, I respect the shit out of Baker and what he's doing, and he's proving all the pundits wrong that had us bottom of the league and thirty second this, and now we're getting flex for games. And I feel like the Lions game is just a very good test for us. We're similar on the same quest at, with the Lions and the Bucks. We're kind of right there, and um, I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. I think it's going to be a good game if we come out, we all we come out healthy, uh, getting some key guys back. Um, I seen plus allude to uh keeping Zion out there. I wouldn't mind even doing that because how Dean's been playing this year, it's been shitty. But the thing about that is we know they played Dean the contract, so that's not happening. So I mean, I'm just I, I just feel like they didn't have faith in us, but God did. You feel what I'm saying? So I mean, I don't care about the Taylor Swift shit that's going on. I don't care about none of that shit. I just want to see us go out there and I want to see us. Beat the Lions ass. And if we do that, you already know what's coming with that. All the national media is coming down here to interview Baker and act like they're going to be on this side and Todd Bowles is this and all. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're going to be on our side. But uh, that's all I got to say about that.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think Ken and Plus are having some good banter. Best part of Sunday <laughs> yes. after that Jameis INT is at the Saints fans saying we Still suck. Well, if we suck, what does that make them? And plus says you should watch some Saints content and breakdowns are hilarious. Uh cats, what are your thoughts on Saints Twitter? We know they're a bunch of Looney Tunes living in a fantasy land. We knew we we know they're cartoon characters or Tasmanian devils out there, they're just fantasy fans. That's what I call them. Fantasy fans. They don't live in reality. Saints fans. Honestly, don't. they entitled. they they well. They're not entitled because they have they don't they don't have anything to be entitled In to. In their
3: minds, they're delusional. They right. feel like they're entitled.
0: Yeah, they feel like they're entitled, but they have Here. nothing to be entitled about. Their franchise is honestly pretty pathetic when you look at the history of the Saints. They haven't really done it much, as I pointed it out. Yeah, go ahead. Beth. I pointed
2: it out when Cam Jordan talked about well. They're like, well, the Bucs are going to go back to what they were before Brady. It's like, yeah, but the Saints are going back to what they were before Breeze. They just had Breeze a lot longer than we had Brady. The Saints right. are a terrible, are right there. I know we have the worst winning percentage of all in sports, but I, I'm aware of that. And I wear that as something that I just say, you know what, that's cute for us. Whatever. Big freaking deal. We were lovable losers. So what? I grew up with this team. The Saints are number three, I believe, in terms of worst in all of the NFL so they're right there at the bottom, and also it took them from 1967 to the year 2000 to win their first playoff game. That's 33 years. I mean, 33 years to win one playoff game. We did that in our fourth year, for goodness sakes. You know, um, let me also. So I've always mentioned that a lot of people don't realize it, and that's fine for young St. fans that aren't assholes that. You know, we're only there for breeze. Hey, God bless them. You know, they'll learn what it's like to be losers now. That's fine. <laughs> but most, I think, the older Saint fans probably are a little more humble than that, I think, because they remember how bad it was. They had Jim Mora, who was hilarious, by the way. Um, he was a very Playoff. funny guy. Playoff? Playoffs? Playoffs. Oh, yeah, he was, he was funny. Video. He was real. I, I've watched some Jim Mora stuff. That guy was real, and I, I respect him a lot because he kept it real. Um, He even mentioned, though, a game where the Saints fans were cheering when their quarterback got his knee blown up. Um, but he keeps it real 100%. Also, let me talk about my favorite creamsicle game. I can't name a game that was from before I was alive. So what I will say is my favorite, first of all, the one you mentioned, the Josh Freeman game, was great because Aaron Rodgers threw, I believe, four picks in that game. So basically the Bucks cheated him like he was at a family reunion. Um, and <laughs> Tanar Jackson had a pick six to seal it. My favorite was in 1995. The Bucks were 6 and 7 at that point. They were trying to break their long streak of no of seasons where they lost 10 or more games. And on a Sunday night Green Bay came in here. It was a very cold night. Um, the Bucks won 13 to 10 in overtime. Uh, Michael said hit a game-winning field goal that brought the Bucks to 7 and 7. Unfortunately, they Huge lost death. the final two. They finished 7. Nine. Yeah, they finished 7 and 9, but That was still a very memorable night here in Tampa um, for them to get to seven and seven to beat the Packers, who ultimately ended up winning the Super Bowl that season. You know, so that was my favorite. And they actually the Bucs usually back in those days did not wear creamsicle during the day. They wore the white tops like they do now at home. And the only time they would break out creamsicle was usually for a night game. So that was particularly memorable, memorable for me if we're going back
3: to creamsicle games.
2: And, yeah, I remember, plus, I have the um, I have the I bought off eBay many years ago, the game program from that 1977 game 3314 uh, before I was born. But I have it as a historian who spends too much time doing things that I shouldn't uh, that are you know, meaningless. I do have the game program from that game.
0: I'm hey, hey 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 when when, don't say meaningless when we're sports heads cats that's what we strive for yeah. right? I mean, it's
2: meaningless to the general to other people that are not but for us you're right it's not meaningless so yeah heck yeah i do have that know, game programs if i could get someone can, from the seven bucks to sign it that would be even more awesome maybe i'll get that done someday
0: from that wow that would be awesome man i mean that would be truly incredible if that could come about and you never know because a lot of the older bucks and a lot of the veteran players are still in the Tampa area and they do a lot of that sort of yeah. stuff for um you yeah. know a pretty for low end nowadays so um you know cats, yeah. it is funny though because I get told the same stuff even about my jerseys. oh why do you collect? why do you do this you know it's it's awesome it's uh yeah, you know awesome. And uh, I do want to – Katz, while we have you talking here, Plus makes a funny point – not a funny point, but the Rays played like today's game was meaningless. They sure damn did. It was sad, and Katz uh, and I talked about it, but I'll let Katz talk about it here a little more before we wrap up with Bucks talk. It was not ideal the way the Rays came out today because now their backs are against the wall and they got to win two in a row. I'm not saying it's impossible. I think the Rays will still win the series – I don't know if it's a fan of me or what, but um, they put themselves in a dangerous position and their hands are tied behind their back. And really their backs are up against the wall. And uh, as Plus said, they played today's game like it was meaningless.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, they were, they, they looked, I was listening on radio at work. They said they look very tense right now. And, you know, and that's not how the Rays normally play. That doesn't mean they always win when they don't play tense, but they're a very loose group. Um, they have been incredibly resilient this year, just given the amount of injuries and other circumstances they've had. And it seems like they seem to, at times this year, relish having their backs against the wall. Um, they'd Rather they not. I'd rather they have won. Um, but here we are. And like I said, I have a lot of faith in, in Zach Eflin because he's a very calm, cooling presence out there on the mound. He's a phenomenal leader. Um, in the locker room. In fact, not only is that the case, I don't know if he's a Bucs fan or not, but he grew up a Rays fan. So I believe he did grow up a Bucs fan as well. Zach Ethlon, that is. Great person. And I I think he'll go out there and stabilize things and that they'll come back and win tomorrow. That I do believe. But yeah, today was a very, very non-Rays-like performance. You know, you're going to win and lose. You might lose, but you don't expect to lose playing so sloppy when you're a team that hallmarks yourself on being playing clean defense but again i will say this plus they are missing a lot of their better defenders you know guys although walls i think made an error too which he's not supposed to do because he's really only there to play defense uh but yeah Siri's hand doesn't look near healed and uh, it's easy for me to say that in hindsight now because i was saying please come back please come back we miss you <laughs> he comes back and his hand looks like it's still bothering him can't have hindsight it happened you know he wanted to play pushed himself to come back from a broken hand in three weeks he gets my respect for that no matter what because if i had a broken hand i'd be using that as a reason to do half-ass at work for
0: months and not yeah, type with a broken hand for real though and uh stana favorite creamsicle moment brother i don't think you shared yours yet
1: uh, unfortunately, there ain't a lot because back then we used to cry and beg and plead for an 8-8 eight eight season. I remember one time Vinny Testaverde took off against the Vikings hit like a 55-yard touchdown run. I remember Vernon Turner's first punt return for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And I also remember that 95 season that uh, Kaz mentioned uh, where we swept the Redskins. Man, that was definitely a, a point of contention. But I think back in those days, I remember Gary Anderson breaking off a long run against the Bears one time. But we, we made great plays, but we didn't really have a lot of great wins, you know, unfortunately. But, um, well, much of our success in the Creamsickles come under Sam Weiss that I can remember. Uh, growing up in the Ray Perkins era was not very, uh, you know, it was bad, man. And, uh, you know, I remember one year we played the, the uh, Colts. We traded our number one pick for Chris Chandler. So if we won... The Colts got the first and second pick, and if we lost, the Colts got the second and first
0: pick. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, a little bit of trivia right there. <laughs> I want to ask. Wow, that. Go ahead, kids. We we did
2: though trade. Craig Erickson was traded to Indy as part of yeah, the deal. Yeah, we traded Craig Erickson up, Yeah, yeah, and he was not a bad quarterback. We traded him to Indy, and that became part of the 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 deal that got us the pick where we drafted Derek Brooks. So, eventually, that we, we did get one there. Well, understatement. So,
1: yes. that one did work out. But I that remember the one you beat, That was the, s- that was the Sam Weiss era. That was the Sam Weiss era, though. And I'm talking about the Ray Perkins era. Oh, Ray Perkins. Yeah. Okay, Ray Perkins
2: was who people compared Chiano to. But the thing is, is Ray Perkins really yeah. was
1: an asshole. Big yes, yes. Asshole. Ray yeah. Perkins, Ray, uh, you'd, you'd have to talk to Ian Beckles about the Ray Perkins era. Okay, Ray Perkins oh. used to make our guys do three a days at University of Tampa. Yeah,
2: he was a sick mother.
1: Yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah, he he just wanted to lose. Our guys were so beat up, and back then they played six preseason games. And by the time they got into Week One, we we had half a team. You know, so he was they he had. was an asshole, but we had like Eugene Yeah, we had Eugene Hammer Harry Hamilton. I remember a lot of the guys back then. With Keith McCants, of course, Keith McCants, one of the worst draft picks. Broderick Thomas, still got my Broderick Thomas poster in my living room. Uh, Jerry Bell was a a big fan of mine growing up, but he was more like the Leland Bennett era. But, yeah, I mean, Sam Weiss really uh, helped for the creamsicles. He brought out the creamsicle pants, and he did a lot to change uh, the creamsicles. So I definitely appreciate Sam Weiss.
0: I
2: do, too. He's not popular. May rest in peace, by the way. He
1: did pass, sadly. He, he was a great coach. He took Cincinnati to the Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know how people don't like him. I think one of my other favorite memories was in 1988 when we beat the Buffalo Bills. That was pretty nice.
0: Yeah, it's done since uh, – and plus says – cats, plus says he'll be at the Rays game on uh, tomorrow, actually. So I will He's, be there, too. Wow. Yeah, you know, I'll I can't go to no too. Rays games. <laughs> Stunner, we need you at the Rays game tomorrow. You, you you'll bring him luck. Well, you know I'm that's the six inning stretch if I go. <laughs> and by the six inning, they're kicking me out.
2: And the games yeah, are shorter yeah. now. Plus, I'll be there as well. Hopefully, we bring home a win. Yeah, I'll be there too. Um, there so, who knows? It's my fault that they lost because I didn't go today. No, no. Um, I'll be there tomorrow as well. So hopefully we see –
0: hopefully we get a win and even this thing. Yeah, Cats, last time me, Stunna, and Huncho went to the game during COVID actually. um, It was a wild boy. I brought Huncho to his first baseball game, and Stunna got quieted down by security. They kept trying to tell him, (laughs) hey, quiet down, quiet down. It's like, bro, we're rooting our team on. You know what I'm saying? It's like, It was so good, and
3: uh, and all you heard was Stunna. That's it. You just heard Stunner just talking it was, shit to everybody. Yeah,
2: it's super limited then, more so um, I think to like three thousand. And here's the thing, there are some security guards there that I know this for a fact are actually, sadly, but this won't you are actually Reds and Yankee fans. So
1: yeah,
0: you know. I don't have to say anymore. <laughs> Huncho, um, have you said your favorite creamsicle moment? Are you the last one standing on that? Uh, I believe it was uh, Mike uh, Mike Williams. I think I want to say he did.
3: Like I think he had a score or something, if my memory serves me right. I just like when they came back with the uh, creamsicles in general and they were playing in them. That was my favorite moment because they took them away for a while. But I like when they, they bought them back and they like added the new little touches on Man, I remember Levante... He was the dog and and even it was just great. I like seeing all the players in those creamsicle days when they bought him back.
0: That was yeah, my Le- favorite moment. levante and William Goldston are the only two bucks that have worn the creamsicles before. Mm-hmm. I believe it's Levante and William Goldston have been the only two bucks to wear one. Evans came just after that. Honestly, Will Goldston has been around for So long now, it's pretty incredible how long we've had a guy like Will Golston for. Um, Actually, I'm not sure. Maybe Levante. It's either Will and Levante or just Levante. But either way, the creamsicles have been gone since 2012 or 2013 now. So it's been a decade plus since we've seen them. And uh, before we move on to our last segment, I do want to ask Stunna one thing since he's a season ticket holder. And he's used to going to Ray J., Stunna. You think they're going to do anything different? Did they make it known to you guys that day that Raymond James might look a little different, or as far as you know, is it going to be the same thing?
1: Yeah, they will, uh, the cheerleaders will wear the throwbacks. The bowl will be orange and they'll, they'll, they'll take a lot of the old, uh, like Buccaneer stuff in the end zone and they'll make it orange going around the stadium. It'll, it'll look a little different.
0: So, it'll look like a creamsicle Ray J, pretty much.
1: Captain Fear usually comes out in a Buckle Bruce outfit also.
0: I did the see... Huddler, the old Huddler's uh, outfit, if
1: you remember Huddler's.
0: Yep, and for all you huddle, go the game, old man. And for all of you going to the game, I think Kat said he was going, and um, Stunna, you said you're going. I think that they... Uh, are giving out creamsicle bucket hats to everyone in attendance as well, fellas. So that'll be cool.
2: That I believe they did that um, in 2010 for the creamsicle game. And it actually was an exact replica of the one that our original coach, John McKay wore as a white one that said bucks on it. I think this one's slightly different, but it is kind of an homage as well because it's all an orange bucket hat. He's the only coach that we ever had that wore a bucket hat that I know. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It and should be. It's always a lot of pomp and circumstance. Whether you win or lose, they do a really good job at that game. At that game, when they do the throwback. And it's there's enormous. plus.
0: There's plus having our back right there, saying it. I knew it was either twelve or thirteen, and then when I replayed it, I thought, yeah, twenty twelve sounded more right. Golston didn't get here till thirteen, so yes, it was just Levante wearing the creamsicle, but nonetheless. It is crazy how long William Golston was here and hasn't worn the creamsicle, right? I mean, it was an essential uniform for us. And now it's crazy because now we have the pewter and the creamsicle and the white and the red. I don't think we need four. If I was the Bucks, and I don't hate the pewter, but I would have done a throwback white creamsicle and the orange creamsicle do one and one. And then I would have done um, the normal white and the red. I feel like it's just so much crap now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't mind the pewter. But just so many uniforms out yeah. nowadays is plus said 2012. Last- we
1: got to wear the cream creamsicles to Atlanta because whenever we go there, you can never tell who our fans are and who their fans are whenever we're at Atlanta.
0: Yeah, because they're all the same looking jerseys in terms of color, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, you know and remember the bills game when they all wore their bills red jerseys in our stadium and they kind of Blended in with our fans and it's, it's just you know, you want you you know, our color scheme in Atlanta is the same so we got to definitely wear our cream singles whenever we play them
0: Yeah,
2: and I, oh, agree plus with I remember that game by the way 35 28 Mike Williams called what looked like a game tying touchdown at the end and they said that he was out of bounds first even though he was pushed out that was apparently within the rules also, v both of them, rest in peace, had a 99-yard catch in that game, got tackled at the one, and the Bucks ran the ball three times and didn't get in the end zone. But um, one of the more memorable, I think the longest catch for sure in Bucks history that did not go for a touchdown, which is an incredible stat.
0: <laughs> yeah, and um, for those baseball fans watching Brewers struck first, and they are up 1-0. And it seems like the Twins have just shut the door on the Blue Jays. So uh, baseball is in full force. Football's in full force, although we are on our bye week. As Plus said, Lions fans will be there. Ken, in my section, we already have – oh, yeah, Lions fans will be in full force. Lions fans are going to be a big part of Ray J that day, sadly. Um, As Ken said, though, I just hope this doesn't – become a Lions home game. Keep your tickets. It's going to be ugly. Just looking at the ticket prices. If you guys want to know how many away fans will ever be at a game, just look at the ticket prices and then the prices will be double. Like when you look at the Falcons game, they're about half of what the Eagles and Lions game were and so forth. As Plutch said, 99 yard catch, then ran it four times and got nothing. Man, I remember that like crazy. That was Terrible, 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 and then plus brought up Sammy Strouders catch earlier. I remember that greatly Is well. Gentlemen, I have kept you guys a while now. We're not done yet, but we are going to start wrapping up here with our one big things and walk-offs for the bye week. We're going to be back maybe Thursday with the quickie. I am gone all weekend. On Friday, I'll be at U of I, Nebraska football game. Saturday, I'll be in downtown Indy for a wrestling pay-per-view, and then Sunday, I'll actually be scouting the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts as we are playing both the Titans and Colts this season. So I'm going to be in attendance for Titans Colts, watching these teams um, first and foremost, and uh, see what they bring to the table. So, Katz, we'll start with you here, heading into the bye week. What's your one big thing uh, to look out uh, for for this Bucks team? Very simply during the bye week is get
2: healthy. Yeah, get healthy. That's the most important thing. You got an early op- early buy, which you normally don't like, but because we're dinged up, get everybody healthy and ready for a very tough get, uh, opponent coming in here and the rest of the season, of course.
0: I love that. And Pops says, as he's tuned in, he says Winfield is his MVP so far this year. That's his one big thing. He has been incredible. He looks like a hybrid of Rondé Barber and Antoine Winfield Sr. out there. He just has looked incredible. So I'll give my one big thing is, as you said, Katz, get healthy. My thing is don't add any other injuries, right? And I know that, you know, it could be personal lives. It could still be training. But it's a bye week. Can't overlook it. We don't need to add any more injuries. So my one big thing is bubble wrap, everybody. Stay healthy. (laughs) Plus says give Winfield an extension. I couldn't agree more. Um, We're going to have to play – um, cap space charcuterie next year is we have a lot of free agents as Winfield's in line for free agency. Evans is in line for free agency. Devin white's going to be in line for free agency. Obviously Levante will be a free agent again, and then worse right around the corner. Baker will be a free agent. Going to be crazy next year. We got to get some of these guys extended. So I think that would be great extending Winfield. Huncho. If you're still with us, brother, what's your uh, one big thing heading into the bye week?
3: Uh, First off, I want to say happy birthday, Mama A. Hey, (laughs) Hey, Mama A's A's birthday. If any of
0: you didn't know, it is Mama A's birthday. We talked about it briefly, but um, she's a fan of the Buccaneers and the Buccaneers. So thanks for that, Huncho. I appreciate you, sir.
3: Yes, sir. Yeah, pretty much like everybody's saying, my other thing is for everybody to get healthy, you know. Hopefully we can get some key guys back and um, just bolster up this defense, and um, hopefully Mike can come back at least 90% or, you know, he'll be able to play that Lions game. And we actually make it out that game unscathed. I really pray that we can make it out and everybody stays healthy. I mean, I know it's a long shot, but I just pray that everybody can stay healthy that game, and that's what I'm looking forward to.
0: And as Plus said, maybe make some adjustments during the bye, get the tendencies going into the Lions game. Get some, get some uh, running game going, you know, so um, consistently at least find a backup running game. A lot to build on, as we said earlier. We're going to have to prepare for the Lions, so, hey. And you uh, your one big thing heading into the bye, brother?
1: I would love for us to re-sign Mike Evans. I know it's not going to happen. Um, I think, you know, he basically had a whole drive against Philly where he got a big play and scored a touchdown. And he's the franchise man, and it, you know those of us that remember the years before Evans and the years after, we we got to keep this guy around. Learn from our mistakes, man. We let uh, my uh, we let um, John Lynch be in the Hall of Fame, uh, bringing honor of the Broncos because we let him go. That was stupid. We should have re-signed Sapp. I mean, I don't, I still don't understand that one. Learn from the mistakes. Get this guy under contract. Don't let him go franchise him at least I mean he is the franchise and then Wurfs and uh, Winfield got to be the other two you re-signed us offseason win the bye week with having no injuries and um, I would love for us to bring some running backs in and maybe try because um, we talked about you know the problems we had with running backs and drafting but we did get Leonard Fournette out of the you know the free agent market and that's I think that's what we need to do with running backs from here on out so yeah. you know, my big thing is resign Evans at some point. I don't care if it's now or in no, the off season, but don't let that guy leave the building.
0: I agree and I couldn't agree more. I think that um, you know, we we need to add to the run room or we need to just get White more involved and hope Edmonds bounces back healthy. Last word time, fellas. Cats will start with you. Last word for the podcast here. Raise Bucks, what is it, brother?
2: I'll go focus on the Bucs as they, they won their last game. So again, very proud of the Bucs, what they're doing. Um and uh can't wait for the next game. That's all Hunch.
3: I can say at this
0: point. Hunch last words. I agree with the cats. I can't wait for the next game as well.
3: Appreciate everybody tuning in and everybody's giving their opinions, man. I, I love the feedback and everything. So I'd like uh say thank everybody for tuning in and uh go Bucks, stay blessed and everybody.
0: Yeah, before we get to Stunning's last word, I'll go ahead and get mine quick. We did have some technical difficulties in the beginning, so thanks for staying with us, Huncho, and thanks for staying with us, everybody. It's been incredible. We had the godfather in the house, Kenny B in the house, Plus in the house, Olivia in the house. It's just really great group of characters, JCL and Randy from Facebook, Christopher Cole. I could go on and on and on all day with the giant laundry list, but everybody's been impeccable in the chat this evening it's always a pleasure to get this type of chat room going it's a true honor stunner last word buddy as uh it's been awesome having all four of you it's been a while since the four of us have sat down and diced up bucks football
1: we the bucketeers we family we love our team and we represent always um go out there uh, to work this week enjoy the victory week and uh, just remember that you know where what we've been through in the past and what it's gonna to take to get back here in the future. Uh, I, like I said, we talked about Baker I, I was a bit I was drumming I was beating the drum for him all season. I think he definitely earned the right to come back again next year. Um, you know go bucks let's 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 make it happen get geared up, you know represent you know in the city anytime you can wear the gear anytime you see someone wearing some foul, make sure to uh, tell them that they need to, to hit the road and walk the play.
0: I got a Robert Hainsey shirt on right now. Don't ask me why, but that's how deep my family We that, we Weed Robert Haynesy shirt. That represents my Bucks fandom. Weed at from Hunch. Cats, it's been incredible, buddy. Let's get a raised W tomorrow.
2: Amen to that. I'll be there cheering them on. Hopefully we get it. We will get it.
0: Hopefully you can see plus there and you two get us a win. And Stunna, you stay safe out there coaching buddy. Uh, we appreciate you dropping by with your busy schedule.
1: Yeah, I'm out here in Pinellas, man. It's been, it's been a rough year, man. But uh, we, it, it's, it's the process and uh, you know, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of hard work and effort and, and years of, of, of patience, honestly. But uh, we're going to get it done, man. These young kids deserve and we got a demonstration. A football star we teach these young guys a lot, to appreciate and especially flourish in the game of football. You know, the Bucks, bucks line, the bucks, being a bug fan ain't for
0: everybody. I have thick skin and a hard head. Go bugs, party! Yeah. As Stunna said, "Go bucks Fire the cannons!" It's critical keeping the youth involved in football. So we thank Stunna for his great coaching out there. It's really incredible. I want to thank Cats for. Coming in after a raised loss, I know that's not the easiest thing to do. That's for damn sure. It's always tough after a loss. So thank you for that, Kath and Huncho for battling through the technical difficulties. Bucko the Brute sends you guys his best wishes as well. Plus, says great show. See you guys for Atlanta game. I can't wait for that, Doctor. Uh, Hopefully, we got those Friday plans in the bag and a lot more that weekend. So that's going to be incredible. And the Bucketeers are just blessed to have you guys. And I'm blessed to have Stunna, Cats, Huncho, and Bucko as well. Just all awesome, beautiful people. On behalf of Cats, on behalf of Stunna, on behalf of Huncho, and on behalf of Bucko, Blue Jay ship the bed. Good. Fuck them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> you like who you like. I'm sorry, Step and Pep. And my Cubs are out of it and my Rays lost. So not a good look for me either. But Cats. Tomorrow's a brighter day. Let's get the dub, buddy. Amen, man. Thanks. Thanks, son. See you, everybody. Have a great night. Stunna love you. Cats, love you. Huncho love you. Peace out. Fire the damn cannons. Go, Bucks. Let's go. Let's go. Three, two, one. Bucks win. Beat the Lions. Creamsicle game. Gene Decker off. Oh, my God. Fire the damn cannons. Bucks win. Bucks win. Bucks win. See you guys next time. Uh. Cut still Sunday, you still alive. I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there.
1: Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. It was energy, was just I played rock with Brock, and everyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Buck
0: fans were there too. The uh, meat yeah. buck, Tampa tones we are joined by Lee Doom tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron show of WDAE, uh, Pat Donovan. Pet Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Gonna put him on mute first shot. Can kill that. the user's second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat Donovan. It looks Donovan. like
1: Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs>
3: it does look like we got a little. No, my,
1: my uh, camera's broke.